What is up, Rooted Family? My name is Jasmine Croma, and you are listening to the Let's Brunch podcast, Becoming Rooted and United in Christ, the show where we take part in candid conversations about growing in our faith in the everydayness of our lives. From college students and recent grads to creatives and community leaders, we will learn what it looks like to become rooted and united in Christ. What is up, everyone? Welcome back. Wow, we have made it to season four. I am so excited. I'm pumped. Um, y'all, God is is moving, and I'm just so glad to be back. A lot has happened since our last brunch date, so we have a lot to catch up on. Um, I'm actually fresh off of a trip from Minneapolis with the Pulse 100 movement. Um, if you guys are not familiar with it, it's basically a gathering, um, a cohort, I guess, if you will, of a hundred young people who just want to learn how to evangelize. We want to learn how to better communicate the gospel to other people who don't know Jesus. Um, so it's a group of about, or I said a hundred of us, <laughs> where all we range from ages eighteen to about thirty, um, and we're just really passionate about bringing the good news to our generation. Um, and learning how to do that effectively and with confidence. Um, and so I'm just so blessed and honored to be a part of that. Um, it's like a year-long program. We'll be taking classes. Um, we have retreats. We have mentoring. Um, and so it's just really great to be a part of such an amazing um, ministry and organization. And I'm super excited about it because um, I think it will help me with this podcast um, and with giving you guys better messages, um, messages that point you to Jesus for, first and foremost, that are clear to understand, um, that are relatable, and um, that are effective to you guys. So I'm super excited, just specifically for season four, just coming into it with new perspective, with um, just new experiences, and with what I'm learning with Pulse, um, I can then share that with you guys. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Um, yeah, so the trip that I just took was just for two two days. But boy, like we had a full packed 48 hours um, of just being poured into, um, being equipped, and then being sent out to our different states. Um, and so I am super excited. It has been pulse is one of the many moves of God this year, even in the midst of a tough time. You guys know I've still been job searching. You know that, you know, this nationwide pandemic is still happening or worldwide pandemic is still happening. Um, but yeah, I got to learn how to communicate the gospel. I did things on this trip that I never even thought I would do. Um, a lot of you guys listening, you guys might know that I had to prepare a sermon and preach that in front of a few judges so that was something that was super scary for me um but the lord showed up um i had so many friends that helped me prepare my message and so i just want to give a public shout out and just honor them um you guys know who you are um and i also got to just pray over like random people um there was a point where we got to travel to the mall of america and we had to take the light rail 
Um, and so we were able to just pray over people that we met, um, you know, before getting onto the light rail. That was something I'd never done, just praying over strangers before. Um, so just incredible things that pushed me out of my comfort zone, even applying to the program. God pushed me out of my comfort zone to do that. Um, but God has been showing up and showing out. Um, we prayed over our generation. Um, we prayed over you guys. Um, and so uh, one day I'll have to make a full podcast episode or two <laughs> to really unpack what took place on that trip. Um, but just know that that is, uh, I came from an environment where, you know, we got fired up and sent out. And so I'm excited to see how that experience, well, this experience is as it continues to go on throughout the year, how that pours into this space and our time together. Um, so yeah, just wanted to mention that. Wanted to show you guys right off the bat what we're coming into season four with. Um, but today, I want to share with you guys my testimony again. Um, so that's why this this episode is titled, Let's Try This Again, My Testimony 2.0. So if you've been following us from the beginning, I shared my testimony, um, I can't remember if it was season one or season two, but I shared my testimony in a episode, um, and I've shared bits and pieces of it, um, when I talked about, um, just my experiences with lust, um, what I've been going through, you know, um, leaving grad school, all of those things are bits and pieces of my testimony, um, but I wanted to do it again, and I wanted to... Um, really intentionally give a transparent, um, you know, viewpoint of my testimony. Um, and I mentioned Pulse and Minneapolis, um, that trip, um, prior to, you know, setting up what this is going to be about, because while we were at, in our breakout groups at, um, at Pulse, one of the topics of discussion that we talked about was, just our frustration with sometimes when you hear certain testimonies, whether, you know, when I wasn't really strong in my relationship with God, um, I still consider myself to be a Christian, but I would hear other testimonies from people. Maybe they had been struggling with like alcoholism for 15 years and they would kind of end their testimony. Like, and one day I just, I just prayed to God and I dropped that bottle and I never picked it up since and you know of course I don't want to limit God and say that he's unable to do that miraculous of a miracle in somebody's life but for someone who is still may have been still struggling with alcoholism or another um, sin pattern that you know they're really struggling in um, it can make someone feel not worthy of sharing what they're struggling with it can make someone feel like they're not a good Christian if they're struggling with something. Um, and so I wanted to do my test, share my testimony again and just be open and transparent. Um, one, for you guys. Two, to show you guys what God is capable of doing in my life. Um, and then three, really, just for myself and um, to kind of not be fearful of what people think about my story, um, and be open and honest about the reality of where I'm at as, um, not just a person, but as a believer, um, and be, you know, 
take this step into living my life truly in light instead of just hiding in the dark and 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 wrestling with shame and all of that so I am excited I am nervous this is some some of these things I've never told anyone before except for maybe my sister and my closest friend who knows this but (laughs) so this is a huge step for me but I also think it will be encouraging to you guys both um for those of you who you know don't really have a relationship with God don't really know if you know Christianity is worth it and for those of you who are Christians who maybe your relationship with God is is growing so much but you're fearful of what people might think of you if they know something about you and that's the thing the devil the enemy wants you to stay in hiding um just because you're Christian does not mean that you don't struggle with certain sins it doesn't mean that you're you have a perfect life um and that's what I want to to shed light on today through my story. So, All right, guys. So before we dive into today's episode, um, I wanted to share what the gospel actually is. Um, I know for non-believers, you've probably heard the word gospel and you're probably like, what the heck is this? And then for those of us who would consider ourselves to be believers, those of us who consider ourselves to be Christian, maybe you just need a refreshment of what the gospel is. I figured this would be important to add before I dive into my testimony, just so that you guys can see um, redemption at work in my life. It is is made possible through the good news. So without further ado, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He Uh, created the first man Adam and the first woman Eve. He gave them the responsibility of ruling over the garden and he tells Adam and Eve that they could eat from any tree except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. At this time everything was perfect in the garden. Their relationship with the land was perfect. Their relationship with each other was perfect and their relationship with God was perfect. That is until they chose to rebel and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and it brought about separation between them and God. So as a result of that, all of humanity has inherited this rebellious nature. Um, You'll hear it called flesh. Our flesh nature, our sinful nature, we've inherited this rebellious nature toward God. We try to make our relationship right with him on our own terms and by our own might, but we were unsuccessful. You'll see that play out in the Old Testament. Over and over again, we tried to make ourselves right with God by our own strength, and we continue to be unsuccessful. Um, So God wrote himself into the story of humanity by sending his only son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life. So while Jesus is on earth for three years, he taught, he gained followers, he healed people of sickness, um, and he performed miracles. And he shared with people that he was the only way to be made right with God. So you'll see this in John 14, 6, very popular verse. It talks about um, Jesus is saying that he is the way and the truth and the life and that no one can get to the Father except that they come through him. So religious and political leaders were not happy with this. Um, They were so caught up in the fact that who could this guy be claiming that he's the only way to be made right with God? In their understanding, if you follow the law exactly, then you could be made right with God. But because we are human, 
that was impossible for humans to do. It was impossible for humans to follow the law exactly to a T because we are imperfect. So Jesus lived that perfect life for us. Um, and so religious and political leaders were upset about this and they ordered that Jesus be killed by public crucifixion. And so while, or crucifixion, I'm sorry, <laughs> while Jesus hung on the cross, God placed all of humanity's sin onto him. Jesus became our substitute and died a sinner's death so that we wouldn't have to and so that we could be made right or become the righteousness of God in Jesus. Um, so after Jesus' death, they place him into a tomb and they seal it with a heavy stone, blocking anyone from coming in or out. Um, but on the third day, Jesus rose again. He was resurrected and the Bible says... Um, he was seen by many eyewitnesses. He gave instruction to his disciples and then he ascended into heaven and is now seated at the right hand of God as our advocate and mediator. So what does this mean for us? <laughs> the Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard of holiness. Um, in Romans 6.23, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There is no way to get to go, or I'm sorry, there is no way um, to get rid of the burden of sin on our own. We need our faith in Jesus Christ, and we need to repent, and we need to trust that the Lord, that Jesus is Lord, and that Jesus is our Savior. So, with Jesus as our mediator, we can come to Him with heavy burdens. We can come to Him with things that we're struggling with. We can come to Him with the things. Um, with with past sins and sin patterns we can bring that to him and he will not judge us um and when we repent and we turn towards him he will forgive us of our sins um so with jesus as our mediator we come to him we turn away from sin and we trust that he is our savior and that is what um, allows us to have peace with god and forgiveness of our sins so that is a short glimpse into what the gospel is. Uh, wanted to lay that out for you guys before we dive into the story because how I laid out my testimony is the sin that I struggled with, um, how God was able to redeem that, what my life looked like um, as he was redeeming all of those things, um, and what my life looks like now after um, really just having this peace with God um, and the reality of what my life looks like now. So enjoy the next uh couple well i shouldn't say couple minutes it's kind of a long episode but i hope you guys stay till the end because i do um pray that it's encouraging to you all who have similar stories and even those that you feel so ashamed of what you've gone through you think no one can relate um just know that god loves you he sees you and you can come to him with anything um and and he can redeem it so Love you guys and stay tuned for the next bit of the episode. That's kind of an overview of what the gospel is. Um, we as sinners could never earn our way into the righteousness and cleanliness. Um, it is freely given by grace, by the grace of God through Christ Jesus. And you can read about this in Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith that through faith and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by our works. So there's nothing that we as humanity can do to earn our way into God's family. Um, 
God sent his only son, Jesus Christ. Um, and through our belief in Jesus, that is our entryway into salvation. Um, and so I know that might sound confusing for people that don't necessarily know Jesus or, or know um, God's story, know the Bible, maybe didn't grow up in Christian household. But um, I do recommend checking out the Bible Project for a visual representation of what the gospel actually is. It breaks it down in very simple terms. Um, and so that's another resource you can use to kind of figure that out. But I mention all that to say that, um, to lay out that I'm what I'm going to be sharing today is my life before um, giving my life over to God, um, which was a very, you know, disruptive and um, just a life that wasn't honoring to God. Um, so I'm going to be giving you that picture and then also kind of sharing what it looked like when I had a real encounter with God and then what my life looks like now after um, giving my life to God. So that is going to be what, that's what a testimony is. You share your life before God your encounter with God, and then your life after giving your life to God. <laughs> that makes sense. So in short, that's the gospel. That's what I'm going to be sharing today. Um, I want you guys to be able to follow along with my reality um, before having a personal relationship with Christ, what my life looks like when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior personally, and how it changed my life for the better. All right. <laughs> so um, starting off in the beginning, um, I've always grown up in a Christian household and by Christian household, I mean, like my parents went to church. So I went to church. Um, and I, I can, I can say that we, as a family, we didn't really read the Bible regularly. Um, I think we much like how I grew up, my parents grew up. So, well, actually, no, my mom actually, grew up going to church her family was very involved in church but I think more so like the tradition of church and I don't I can't speak for her but um I don't know what her personal relationship with God looked like as you know my mom and God um but I do know that they were they went to church regularly and her parents had the kids involved in church activities whether they wanted to be or not <laughs> um and actually my my dad he actually grew up in a muslim household but his dad never forced him to um to accept the muslim faith as his own he always kind of just allowed him to kind of figure that out for himself and so um my dad actually went to a catholic high school um and went to a Christian high school, I mean, um, school at one point. And then once he immigrated to the U.S., um, I think, you know, just naturally from attending Catholic high school, he found himself at a Catholic church. Um, and then after marrying my mom, I think they landed on a church that they both liked. And now we all go to the same church. So that's kind of a background, but that's what I say when I say growing up in a Christian household. Um, I was aware of who God was. I was aware of who Jesus was. Um, and I had been in churches. 
I was familiar with it. Um, I didn't have a personal relationship with God, but I was familiar with it. I was always around it. Um, so yeah. Um, but as a teenager, I started realizing pretty heavily just like being a dancer and being in this generation of social media that sex sells. Um, and I think we all know this, but like in movies, there's, there's hardly any movies with no sex scene, no romantic, um, plot. Like you won't find it. Music videos, almost every single song is about sex, money, or drugs. Um, you know, people, I think I just noticed that people liked sexiness. They liked the sex appeal. Um, they liked, you know, that was what, that's what most people are drawn to. Um, they like attractiveness. They like what looks good on the exterior. And I kind of, I don't know, I think somewhere along there, I, it registered in my mind, um, how I saw it was, okay, people like sexy, not quiet, good girls. That's just not what they like. Um, and I think growing up, I always, I always would consider myself, I guess, like the good girl. Like I didn't really party. I didn't really socialize much outside of my circles that were dance and school. Um, I honestly never really gave my parents any trouble. Um, I think I could say that for both me and my sister, we weren't really uh any just weren't really causing trouble never really got in trouble honestly ever um got good grades so just like to me my identity was just being that good girl um and I knew early in my teenage years that I didn't know why but I knew that I wanted to wait to have sex until marriage that was has always been something that I decided for myself. Um, and I didn't necessarily know know why, as in like, oh, this matters to my faith. It was just more so that's not something I think I could ever see myself being comfortable doing before marriage. Um, and yet, I still wanted people to kind of see me as this hot or sexy good girl. I kind of questioned, like, why can't I be both? And that really came into question when I went from high school to college. I think I just saw, like, the difference between who was getting the most attention. It was, or who, would, you know, had the most friends or who was the most extroverted. It seemed like it was always this image of the girl that was good looking, the girl that put herself out there. Um, and that may may or may not have been true. This was just my perspective of um, of you know what that that looked like for me at the time. Yeah. So I questioned like. Why can't I be both? Why can't I be both the good girl and also have the sex appeal? Like I wanted to, I wanted the best of both worlds. I wanted to, I wanted people to perceive me as a good Christian girl, but I also wanted to be considered attractive. I wanted to, um, like, I just wondered why people honestly just living for the approval and validation of how 
people saw me, um, which is just really unhealthy, right? And that insecurity, I think, birthed a desire to learn how to be, um, how to be, you know, this image of what I thought sexiness was. Like, uh, that really was like, that insecurity of not feeling like that really birthed a desire to learn how to be like that. <laughs> um, and so for me, I think this started by just listening to music, like listening to different types of music, you know, like starts with like Meg the Stallion or just like super to me graphic music that only talks about sex, only talks about women as objects. Um, just like all of these things, that's what I started to binge on, like binging on that type of music. Then it started to be um, like, you know how Instagram used to have like these fan fictions of like, you know, stuff like that. So it started to be reading about, honestly, just sex. Um, and then it became like just watching different Netflix movies, different shows that always had sex scenes in them. Um, and then Twitter feeds, like seeing honestly, like just the people that I followed would repost videos of pornography, just reposting them. So then I would be seeing all these things on Twitter. Um, and before I knew it, I was, Twitter was like my source of, okay, I can easily access this. I don't, there's no search history. Um, I can go to Twitter and get my fix of learning how to be sexy through whatever type of pornography comes up on my screen um and going to those accounts and I was just feeding my flesh like feeding my desire for lust um just constantly 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 and every time I just felt horrible like after I would watch something after I would listen to something um just knowing I think because I was aware that it wasn't healthy I was aware that deep down it truly wasn't who I was um but I wanted so bad to be what everyone else desired that I would I would try and get over like okay I know it feels bad but like this is what everyone else is doing let me just do it so that's what that cycle became um, Twitter was especially detrimental to me. It was the easiest way to watch porn without anyone knowing. Um, like I said, that was, I think that was the worst possible thing I could have done, um, during that time was to just cling to Twitter. Um, and before, I think even before I went to college, really, I wasn't super active on Twitter. Um, and so, yeah, that really became a tough thing for me. Um, and I even remember one particular moment where I was out with a group of friends and, um, we were sitting at dinner and I think another thing that really was detrimental to me was that I was, and kind of conflicting, I guess, was that me being a virgin, um, it already feels like you're the only virgin on a college campus. I'll just especially for my campus, it was a very small campus. And I just felt like, dang, I must be the only one. Um, so to be 
to be feeling like you're the only one that want that doesn't want to have sex before marriage but wants to be perceived as sexy it just it's conflicting and you can't explain that to someone because it's either I felt like I couldn't explain it to anyone because most if not all of my friends were sexually active um and had premarital sex so it was like dang like who do I tell like I don't I actually know that I don't want to have sex before marriage but I feel like the only way I can fit in and the only way that I can be attracted to is if I give off that energy that I want to so it was a very conflicting time um and I don't know if that speaks to anyone else's story but it was just a very conflicting time I I remember I was always crying I tried to give myself boundaries like I tried to um stay away from parties I didn't like parties anyway um so like it wasn't like I was going to these social outings um I didn't really drink that much really the first three years of college at all so very very conflicting like I knew what was best for me what was best for my relationship with God but I chose to do what I what I wanted to please other people um and so yeah but I remember being in going out to lunch with a group of friends and most of my friend all of my friends honestly were um sexually active at the time and I remember they just asked this question I was like what would you do if I just showed you um this account that had porn videos on it what would you do if I just showed it to you right now we were in a public place um and and honestly obviously she didn't know what I was going through at all I didn't tell anyone uh, what would you do if I showed this to you? Um, you need to watch it because you, whenever you do have, whenever you do choose to have sex, like you need to know how it goes. Like, how are you going to know, um, what to do, um, if you never had it? And I remember just like, I tried to shove it off and like, honestly, there were like tears I was trying to hold back. Cause I was like, one, she doesn't even know that this is something that I'm struggling with. Um, that this is something that I've actually already seen and seen and been introduced to, but I am guilted with it. I'm shamed by it and I don't want to see it. I don't want people to know that I watch it. Um, and so just feeling like I was constantly just hiding from, from everyone and everything, like just hiding in the dark. Um, and like I said, it wasn't that I didn't want to stop watching it or that I didn't feel horrible each time I failed to stop on my own. I did. It was painful. It was frustrating. It was exhausting. And I went through a lot of self-hate, shame, and guilt. And I struggled in silence because I felt like I told, if I told anyone, they'd judge me. Um, and like I said, it was a very conflicting and unique situation being a virgin and struggling with that. Um, because honestly, I felt like if I told somebody that, they would they would honestly applaud it they would be like oh yeah like that's great because everyone that I was around was doing it so I didn't think they would see the value of me wanting to preserve that sexual purity in my life um and I just didn't know how I would explain it to people because it didn't make sense like the whole thing didn't make sense um um so that's kind of the scene that we're working with now um and so I came back after the summer of my junior year, 
um, in college and I headed into my senior year. Um, I will say, I think honestly, the summers were the best for me. Um, the summer, honestly, when I was, every time I was home, I think just being removed from a college atmosphere, like those would be the best times for me. I, I honestly, I didn't watch porn. I wasn't really on Twitter that much. Like the summers, it was either I was super busy interning or just being in a different environment really like unplugged me from trying to live for the approval of other people. So, and like I said, when I was home, like I wasn't really on social scenes, like wasn't really tempted as much just being in a different environment, being in a calm environment, being around my parents and my family, um, it was like, that was, that was when I was the healthiest. Um, but then coming back, like I said, the summer, um, the summer coming back to campus after the summer of my junior year and heading into my senior year. And I kind of had this mindset that I was just like, you know what, if the good girl image isn't really working for everyone else, I'll just do what everyone else is doing. Like that was like the final, I, I really don't remember what kicked it off but I think honestly I think it was just like knowing it was my senior year knowing this would be the last time you know that I would be on campus like you know how that vibe is senior year where it's just like all right f it like we're doing everything like just do everything this is everything this year is going to be your last like your last first day of school your last first semester, your last homecoming, like, do you really want to miss out on everything because you don't like to party and you don't like to drink? So, like, if everyone else is doing that and they're having fun, Jasmine, like, let's do it. Like, let's just do what everyone else is doing. Um, I'm sure that people that are listening to this um, that I went to school with, you probably remember this time oh guys there's the garage um but you probably remember this time um or remember me because it was so different from like the previous three years of who I was in college like I remember people some people were shocked to like see me drinking to see me out at parties um to I remember just like posting this like super sexy hot like um dance video and heels which I still love to dance I still love heels choreo I just don't think I would have posted it <laughs> um if I was truly being myself but I remember just doing all I remember I just know that people that went to school with me you probably remember this Jasmine <laughs> um just because it was like that last year I mean semester before COVID um, but I'll admit, like, I felt noticed. I, um, I kind of gave up on being myself and traded her in for just this, what I thought was going to be the super likable version of Jasmine. And it worked, honestly, for a little while. Honestly, guys, I felt seen. I felt noticed. It was like suddenly people that I didn't even talk to wanted to be my friends. Suddenly my my actual friends like wanted to hang out with me um it just felt like I fit in um I even got attention from guys that like that y'all 
my phone dropped <laughs> um I even got attention y'all getting the real I'm not gonna edit this one because I just yeah um but I want it to be authentic and transparent so um but yeah so that it worked honestly I got attention from guys um it was just like I, I look back and I'm like wow like it took me changing myself for for people to actually notice me like it still makes me emotional just to think about it because it's true it really was true um but y'all I was not happy at all I cried every single night um just because I realized that I had to really be someone else in order to be invited to places um in order to be included in things like I cried I just cried I really did not like it and I put up a front that I was fine like I was posting on Instagram I was like just enjoying I was I was now there were moments of enjoyment for sure but I was just I felt like I was playing a character and that's just exactly how I felt um and yeah, I mean, I realized that I had to be someone else in order to be invited and included. I didn't like it. And I'm sure that wasn't the intention of people around me, but that's exactly how I felt. Then, um, moving a little bit forward, you know, the pandemic happened. It actually, so we got an email that, you know, they were sending everybody home. Um, and this was like literally the week after my birthday, I'm pretty sure. Um, I had planned to do more of a celebration for my birthday so that's another thing I never really celebrate my birthday on campus because my birthday was always on spring break and I never really do anything super extravagant either it's usually just dinner with my family like that's what it is um and so but in in trying to just like keep up with the Joneses I guess and keep up with um what everyone else was doing like I was like okay it's my senior year I want to go all out. I want to do a brunch. I want to get super dressed up. I want, like, I just want the whole shebang, which I literally never, ever do. Um, So that's just another another image of me trying to just do things that weren't really me. Um, But yeah, so the pandemic happens and my plans for my birthday kind of just get ruined. Campus gets shut down sent back home um, to finish the semester out at home and um, yeah I was like honestly I was relieved um, to not have those birthday plans honestly I I, I mean obviously I was still sad I wanted to celebrate with friends but I also was just kind of relieved that like okay uh, I guess it's just not happening Um, you know we have all the noises out today but that's okay um so yeah uh and I just want to mention just an FYI um a lot of people ask like is drinking a sin drinking itself is not a sin you can have a drink or two like wine all of that it's not a sin it's drunkenness is a sin and the reason why drunkenness is a sin is because at that point you're not practicing self-control and self-control is the fruit of the spirit all that I just want to put that out there because that was a question that I had um as a Christian too so um but yeah I had yeah I had planned to be drunk (laughs) um for my birthday not necessarily honestly and I just hate 
I hate that I was thinking this way, but honestly, it wasn't really because I actually really wanted to. I just knew that more people would show up if I was, honestly. Um, and that's just the real. Um, but God knew exactly what he was doing. Um, he knew exactly what I needed. And that's the thing. Matthew 6, 8 says that he knows exactly what we need. Um, so going back home to Charlotte was the start of this like refining period for me. Um, this refining that he had to do in me, because if I was still on campus, um, I would still be living for man's approval. I'd still just be trying to uphold this character that I wasn't. And I I was headed straight for burnout. Like I was going to burn out. I was going to crash. And I think God um, had to interrupt my plans and the way that I was going about living my life in order to um, really do a new thing in me. And so it really started small, started with being, like I said, I told you guys during those breaks when I was home, like I was at my healthiest. And so I think God knew that returning home for good, like, being that it was my senior year, I would not go back to that campus. Um, like, he knew how transformative it was going to be. And I think he also knew that I did desire, I did somewhere desire, um, you know, not to do those things, but I needed to be plucked out of that environment in order to really commit to doing so. Um, so while I'm home in Charlotte, there's no parties to attend. Um, I'm not really drinking. I didn't really drink a lot to begin with before I went into my senior year, honestly. So it wasn't really hard for me not to do that at home. Um, I didn't have many friends here in Charlotte just because a lot of my friends were people that I danced with in high school and they had since gone to colleges all across the country and, um, moving out, starting jobs of their own. Um, and so it was really a time, I mean, obviously we're in a pandemic, we are, you know, alone in the house <laughs> as is. So it was really a time for me to just be alone. Um, and I think God got me alone so that I could start to build a more intimate relationship with him. Um, and just the distance from that environment, that unhealthy environment for me um, was the best, the healthiest anecdote to the destructive road that I was headed down. Um, your surroundings are crucial, guys, to your growth, to your spiritual growth, to your mental, um, to all of it. Um, so, and with church, you know, starting to be online, um, oh, I forgot to mention that. While I was on campus, I did not attend church regularly at all. Um, but while church was online during the pandemic, it actually started creating this habit of attending regularly even if you know the family wasn't watching it together like I really wanted to commit to it was just started something small like I wanted to commit to watching it every Sunday and I really found that I was super engaged um just watching it on my laptop um then we started to bring it down bring my laptop downstairs so the whole family could watch it and it really was um it was really great it truly was um I just built more consistency in attending the services. Um, I never missed. Like, it started to be a thing where I was super excited to just learn about, um, you know, the different topics and, and verses and scriptures that we would be um, diving into. And um, I started to share what I was learning on my IG page, whether it be like sermon notes from what my pastor was preaching, 
um, just little things. So I don't know if there was a major, major, major encounter that I had with God, but I think it was a season of withdrawing with him. Um, that really was the turnaround for me. So I think, I guess the pandemic, <laughs> if that's what you want to call the major encounter that kind of disrupted, uh, my life of just willingly being sinful, um, that is what happened. Um, and so, um, just watching those sermons and starting to kind of grow this, um, this, habit of diving into scripture it started it might have been like weekly so it wasn't like a daily thing for me um but I did I knew that I wanted to get in the word of God so that I could understand the sermons like for myself as the pastor is preaching like I want to be able to know that it's true not because my pastor says it and because I trust him although those are both true but because um I was reading it for myself and I could understand it um and so I did that pretty regularly and then in April I started to I started a separate page based on my faith and kind of just wanted to create community um I knew that you know what I was struggling with on campus it felt like I was alone in that and so I wanted to create a space um you know, for people that felt that loneliness, that wanted to be transparent about what they were going through, I wanted that community to be a space for other women. There's the garage again. I'm so sorry. Um, so it was it. You guys might remember it as Woman of Rooted. It's now Let's Brunch Pod. Um, but that was the Instagram page that I had, and I just shared what I was learning. Um, I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew there needed to be a space for other girls like me who just wanted to escape, escape certain environments um, and wanted to learn how to be planted in God. Um, I won't go super deep into my, the whole grad school story because you guys can go back to the many episodes I talk about that in. I don't want to bore you with the details again, but for those who are new... I got into grad school, found out it really wasn't for me, and left grad school. So, <laughs> um, but during this time, um, I will say that during this time where I'm in grad school, and even as I transition out of grad school, um, lust was still a struggle for me. I will say that it was definitely way better um, just not being in an a people-pleasing environment, not being on campus, like, it was a drastic difference, um, but I, I point out that lust was still a struggle, because I think a lot of times as Christians, or even people that you look at the life of a Christian, and it looks perfect, um, but the reality, and my reality, was that it was still a daily decision not to choose to go on Twitter, or daily decision not to binge on Bridgerton and all these other shows that um just like glorified sex and glorified premarital sex and glorified impurity like it's still a very hard and daily decision to this day not to do those things because like I said our natural state is to rebel against God um so just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean that that natural state isn't that doesn't exist um so it was still a struggle for me um not as often as it used to be, but um, 
I realized that there were certain boundaries that I might have to be extreme in in order to protect that purity and and honor my relationship with God. So one of the boundaries that I had was deleting the Twitter app from my phone. Um, And I told myself I would only visit Twitter on, if I absolutely had to, on my laptop. So things that just like maybe for just to keep up with like what's going on in the world, I liked to keep Twitter um, and like, yeah, just be up to date on the social of things. But I knew that having it on my, not having it on my phone would make it harder for me to go on there and fall into temptation again. Um, Other things were like cutting out certain art, like musical artists. Like I really did not listen to Meg Thee Stallion, even though at that time, I'm pretty sure WAP was like everywhere on TikTok and Instagram. Everyone was doing the dance, all that stuff. Um, I just knew for me, like I couldn't listen to it. I was not strong enough. Um, I knew that without that boundary of not listening to certain artists and certain songs, like I would fall into temptation. That doesn't mean that I didn't ever But I just knew that I had to be pretty extreme with those things in order to really honor my relationship with God um, and honor my my purity. Um, And so, yeah, creating extreme boundaries for myself. Um, I wasn't I wasn't a perfect guardian of my ear gates and my eye gates. I talked about this with a friend earlier this week, but. Um, what I mean by that is that like what you watch and what you hear can quickly become, can quickly, um, start to become who you are and how you act and the way that you behave. Um, and so those ear gates, those eye gates, that's still consuming things. And as a Christian, you know, if we want her life to be led by the spirit, we should be binging on the word of God, um, the word of God is what should dictate how we act and what we say and what we do and how we live our life, not culture, um, which is hard. I'm not saying that that is easy. That's something that I have to preach to myself. Um, and it's hard, especially with things like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and all those things. It's hard to escape that. Um, so yeah, but I had to put up those boundaries. Um, so after officially leaving grad school, I was still living in an apartment with my sister in Chapel Hill because our lease wasn't up yet. Um, And so while she's attending her Zoom classes, I started to spend my days with God. Um, I'd wake up and go on long walks. Sometimes I'd just pray. I'd ask God to help me like, God, you know, I'm still struggling with this. This is pretty hard. You know, I've set up these boundaries, like help me, give me your strength to walk this out. Um, I'd wait, or I said, oh yeah, wake up on long walks. Um, Sometimes I'd just listen to, just really binge like an abnormal amount of Christian music, um, especially Maverick City music. Um, And it was a hard time, but I found myself feeding on the word of God more. And I continued to read my Bible. It became an everyday thing. And I noticed that um, it became like a, a desire to read the word of God like every day like which before that honestly it wasn't it I kind of felt like I had to drag myself to the Bible but I think because of that binging I start God really made me love his word um and love reading it and 
some days it'd be a chapter a day some days it would just be one verse and I would just meditate on that throughout the day but I really desired to read the word of God every day and I also noticed that my desires to listen to certain music and Netflix shows and all those things started to fade um and I didn't really desire that I remember one time I tried to like listen to a Meg Thee Stallion song after like only listening to Christian music for like eight days straight and I listened to it and I was like oh my gosh this is so vulgar and two this isn't really this isn't really true about me um like those lyrics aren't really true about me um so yeah that started like this change in my heart um uh I continued to post on the let's brunch page I even had started a bible study with a devotional that um I had found and us girls were meeting once a week and I was just like it was a different type of lifestyle for me but it was good um God was really showing me what to replace my time with in that season um and my church would host these IG live videos about how to read your bible how to pray um your identity in Christ like just really like getting back to the basics of Christianity and your relationship with God I watched every single one of those um y'all like I wasn't in school and I wasn't working so and I was really struggling to find a job so I had all day to just learn 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 and I know that's not everyone's story I know you may not have all day to spend with God well really to devote your time to you know soaking up everything that is godly but you can be um you can definitely be intentional with the time that you do have whether it's 30 minutes before work or 30 minutes during your lunch break like just infuse yourself with the word of god however you can um but yeah i attended every single one of them i was engaging in all the content and my goal was just to fill my mind with so much of who Jesus was um, and to really just get to know him on a deeper level. And it was the most transformative season of my life. God blessed it by gifting me new friends, like friends that I had never like got the chance to meet in person. But God really made a way that we would have virtual friendship and that we would be very intentional about talking with each other. Um, I actually... One of my friends, she became the first person that I ever told about my struggle with, um, you know, with lust and with pornography. And um, it was really easy to talk to her. And she made me feel welcome. She made me feel seen. And she understood where I was coming from. And I was like, wow, now I really feel seen. Like, now I really feel heard. And I'm not hiding. Um, And... um, kind of learned that I also the hard part was that I learned that I had to distance myself from certain friendships that just weren't protecting my peace and weren't protecting my relationship with God and it was really hard that's that's still hard um just like making decisions not to go on certain trips um or not to partake in even certain conversations that happen in group chats whether they be like just talking talking about and glorifying sex and all those things like I just learned like okay I can't partake in that um that's what works best for me um and that's what helps me honor God um then I started the podcast so that Instagram page was strictly for just sharing what I was learning and which turned into the podcast 
Um, so I began the podcast um, and ha- started having conversations on there. We've talked about pornography. We've talked about, um, you know, shame and all of those things. And those conversations helped me as well. Um, and so God was just really, truly, truly moving. Um, and I will say that that doesn't mean that um, creating those boundaries and giving up certain things wasn't hard. Um, I experienced a lot of FOMO. There were definitely trips that I wanted to go on um, that I had made, well, both financially I couldn't go and um, I had just made the decision that I just wasn't healthy for my relationship with God. But that doesn't mean that I did not um, want to go or that I felt the absolute best about not going. I wanted to go. Um, but it is a daily decision to repeatedly and consistently give your life to God. Like choose the supernatural grace and truth of God over our natural rebellion against God. Like that is a daily decision. Um, and I want to, I just keep, I want to keep stressing that because my life, I may have this like, I mean, it's not mine, but the, this ministry of this podcast, um, I might be a part of this one year ministry program. I do believe God, I do believe in Jesus Christ. I do believe that he's my Lord and savior, but that does not mean that I didn't have struggles and that I don't currently struggle. Like I said, the, the choice to be led by the spirit and the choice to choose what is better, um, is a daily choice and that is a daily struggle because we are constantly being pulled in the direction of your flesh telling you to rebel against God. So it is a daily and active choice um, when you're living out your faith as a child of God to choose to be led by the Spirit and to choose what is pleasing to God over what is pleasing to yourself for temporary satisfaction. That is hard and that I don't know if that will ever get easier for us. Um, Not until we reach the new heavens and new earth. It is going to be hard, but it is not impossible. Um, Also, God understands that we are humans. Um, He understands that we will still sin even when we believe in him. The the difference is when, um, when you give your life to God, when you give your life... um, when you decide like, yes, I want to honor God with my life, you want your body to be a living sacrifice to him, you want to set yourself up in a position that will ensure that you are not willingly walking in sin. Yes, we will sin because we are human, but it is your choice and your decision to say, I understand that I'm a sinner. I accept the the truth and grace of God. And I want to do my best to honor him in my daily life, Um, which that's different from what I was doing before really um, pouring into my relationship with God, which was just like, yeah, I'm aware of who God is. I know that Jesus is is my savior, but I'm going to do whatever I want because he's going to forgive me anyway. That is not actively living out your faith. That is not... um, that is not saying that you believe that Christ died for your sins. If you believe that Christ died for your sins, let your life show that you believe that Christ died for your sins, right? So that's something that I had to tell myself. 
Um, And even have to tell myself now when I feel the urge to, you know, create a new Twitter account just so I can get that temporary satisfaction or, um, you know, I feel the urge to watch this popular show that everyone's watching, knowing that I'm going to not be guarding my eye gates by watching someone else have sex on a screen or watching, um, I don't know, just all of those things, right? Um, I know this is going to be a long episode, y'all. I, I apologize, but this is the real. I, would, I have to give you the real. Um, and I want this, I want this to be as transparent because I know it's going to free someone today who's listening, especially women. Um, it's easy for to be in Christian spaces and hear that you know, men, mostly men are the ones that struggle with pornography and, um, and virginity and having sex before marriage and all that. But there are so many women that struggle with it. And it's hard because you feel like you might be the only woman that's struggling with it. And I just want to share with you that you're not, (laughs) I've walked through it, still walking it out. Um, and I want to just give you this hope that you can overcome it. You can conquer it. Um, I'm praying that there will be a community, someone that you can confide in, someone that can help you walk that out. Um, you can even DM me. Follow me at Jasmine Chroma. I would be happy to walk this thing out with you. Um, I am I am proud to say that um, even though temptation still exists, temptation is not going to go away for anyone. Um, no matter how godly, air quotes, you are, temptation still exists because we still live in a fallen world. It's going to exist. It's not going to go away until we reach the new heavens and new earth in eternity with Christ. But I can confidently say that the person I was a year ago is not the same person I am today. I am, I'm, just, oh, I'm just overwhelmed with peace. I'm overwhelmed by how much God has done in and through my life in just a year. Um, and... I'm living a life that is no longer in bondage, a life of thankfulness, a life of fellowship with other believers, a life of just authenticity. Um, And yeah, my goal is to always be led by the spirit and not to be led by my lustful desires. Um, It's been a long time since I've fallen into temptation. And the reality is that there may be more times that I do. I'm not speaking that over myself. I'm just saying that's the reality. Um, but I want to do my very best to ensure that there isn't more times. And when I am face-to-face with temptation, that I choose Jesus. Um, and when I say I choose Jesus, that might mean that if I'm laying in bed and I feel that temptation, that urge to rebel, um, that might look like, okay, let me just look at that Bible verse one more time on my phone. Um, let me just, um, that looked like a few months ago, just like deactivating my Twitter altogether. So not even having Twitter at all. Um, that might look like, you know, calling a friend and say, Hey, will you pray for me? Um, or texting a friend, um, and saying, Hey, like I'm really struggling right now. Let's just talk so I can get my mind off of this. Um, that looks like, Maybe going for a walk or taking a cold shower or, you know, do what you have to do. Um, That's my reality at the moment. Um, I'm not ashamed of that story anymore. I feel free. (laughs) Um, And I know that some people are probably shocked 
because I really did give off that good girl image. Um, and my now I know that my identity is not in the good things or the good image that I portrayed, but it is solely in Jesus. <laughs> it is solely in the one who created me, the one who gave me a way out of that destructive path. Like I will forever, I forever want to be identified as a child of God um, and someone who points people to Jesus um, rather than this image that I think I need to be. Um, And what's important about that is that like the world will tell you to cover up. The world will tell you um, that you should be ashamed of what you're going through to keep it in the dark. Don't tell anyone. Um, And it just, just keeps you in a cloud of shame. And the freeing thing about having a relationship with God is that you don't have to do that. I can tell him exactly how I'm feeling. I can tell him, hey, Lord, like, honestly, I really don't want to obey this command. I really don't think I really like you can tell him however you're feeling and you don't have to hide that messiness from him um, because he knows who you are like. He knows that you're human. He knows that you are a sinner. That is why he died for your sins. So we can bring that to him and submit those things to him um, in in all of its rawness and all of its messiness. And he was not going to push you away. Um, Whereas if I I felt like if I had to tell someone, um, I might have been judged. I might have been pushed away. Uh, but God promises that he won't do that. He says that if you confess your sins um, with your mouth and believe with your heart that he died for your sins, that you will be saved. That is the truth of the gospel. Um, and so, yeah, that very long story. I know that was so super long. I'm glad that you guys stuck around. Um, but I wanted to just be super transparent however long that it took. Um, just to free up anyone else who's going through that, whether you're Christian or not Christian, um, to, to just share that real story with you guys and to share that this is my life after, after, um, you know, giving my life to God and this is what it really looks like. And I'm excited to see what God does in and through me. Um, and just know that, you know, God can do anything. Don't limit God. Y'all, my stomach is growling. (laughs) We've had um, so many sounds on this. Um, But don't limit what God can do in your life. Um, So what I've had, I've just seen God move in so many different ways and transform so many different stories. People that didn't think that they deserved to have a good ending to their story. Um, And I want to just say also to the women who you're not a virgin. You've had, um, sex before marriage, um, to anyone like that. God can still use you. You are not, you are, are not any less valuable to him. Um, he doesn't love you any less. That doesn't, whatever your past is and whatever you're currently walking in does not separate you from the love of God. All he wants is for you to say, Lord, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to live a life that's destructive. I don't want to um, constantly feel like I have to please everyone else. I don't have to. I don't want to live a life that 
that is without you. Um, I've seen what you've done in other people's lives. I've seen that you've taken people from from graves to gardens and from bones to armies. Like you've done the 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 unimaginable. He's done the unimaginable in my life, has changed my life completely. And so I can only imagine what he can do in and through you guys. Like, y'all, <laughs> this is coming from someone who still hasn't entirely read the Bible, um, still growing and learning about who God is and what and and scripture and all those things. Um, every single day. I'm not perfect at all. Um still someone who just who is just a normal person (laughs) I'm just a normal person and um God has has you know gifted me this small platform I'm a part of this one-year ministry program and I'm me and all of my imperfectness God is sending me out to share about that and point people to him like it shouldn't for all that I've done, it shouldn't add up that way. But because of God's grace and mercy um, and kindness and, and love and gentleness, it is. And I get to do this. Like I get to serve him through these many things. And I get to share my story in hopes that you guys would come to know who he is. Whew, so I know that was a long one, y'all. Um, <laughs> that was a long one. Um I am just so confident and expectant for what God has planned for your life, you who is listening right now, whether it be one of you or whether it be five of you or whether it be 200 of you, um, I'm so confident and expectant for what God has planned for your life. Um, Just remember our allegiance, our devotion is to him, to God and to no one else, um, our allegiance isn't to a political party. Our allegiance isn't to other people and trying to please them. Our allegiance is to God. We as Christ followers know that this life is just temporary. And while we're here, why not tell people about who God is and tell them that there is a way that you can live a life free of sin and free of shame and defeat um, when you give your life to God. Like he promises eternal life. So when this life is over... When this temporary world is done, we will be living with God in eternity um, by faith through or by grace through faith in him. Um, that is what is promised, that is what is true. And so start today. Start today, guys. Um, again, you can DM the page or DM so DM the page at Let's Brunch Pod, or you can DM me um at Jasmine Chroma on Instagram. Um I just want so badly to for you guys to claim your freedom in Christ now. We're we're not going back. We're not going back no matter how hard it gets, no matter if we fall, we're not going back there. The enemy has no hold on you. God is for you. He wants you to fight. The word of God is your sword. I believe in you and yes. So thank you for listening to my testimony testimony 2.0 with all the sounds with the lawnmowers, with the mic drop, with the garage, with the stomach rumbling, (laughs) you guys managed to get through this episode. I'm so proud of you. I love you. And let's go live in light. You don't have to live in the darkness anymore. Um, Let's live in light. 
All right, guys. Well, I will see you guys next week for a much shorter episode. It won't be this long. Um, I want to uh, respect your time, but this is a story that needed to be told. The devil is mad today because I told that story, and he's also going to be mad because a lot of you will be freed up to tell somebody that, hey, you're struggling with something and you don't want to struggle with it anymore. So, all right, y'all. I love you guys. Let's check back next week for our next brunch date. Stay rooted.